Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year, every year, which is an easier job for us to do now that it's December officially. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. How's it going, y'all? Happy December. I crazy town happy december how were your thanksgiving <laughs> my thanksgiving was wonderful thank you mom was in town right yep mom and sister came oh was it good was family time good it was much needed much much good. needed that's awesome that's great yeah. how about you julia um it was good we had our own little small nuclear family thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day itself, uh, Marty's grandma came over too, so that was good. And then big old family palooza on Black Friday, per usual. It was good. Good food. Ate too much. Had an awesome Thanksgiving shirt. And now it's Christmas time. I saw that shirt on Facebook and Instagram. That is an awesome shirt. I was pretty proud of that That shirt. was an awesome shirt. For listeners who are not friends with you on the socials, what does the shirt say? The shirt says... Turkey, gravy, beans, and rolls. Let me see that casserole. (laughs) (laughs) It got eye rolls from both of my teenagers, so I considered it a win. Oh, that means it's a good shirt. Right? That's such like a Julia shirt, I feel. I thought so. I got to feel a bit of Julia's pain, Julia. What pain did you feel? I I spent the weekend with, or I spent, you know, the Thanksgiving week around a um, senior in high school. Ah, <laughs> I, I love my teenagers. There is no pain around my teenagers. They can, they've got the eye rolls, though. Like, they do. But mine, my the eye rolls are good-hearted eye rolls because they know that's so mom. You know what I mean? It's not like that's a, you're so a gigantic mom. idiot eye roll. They don't do that eye roll. I'm sorry you got the less than ideal eye rolls. Uh, no, it was usually because my jokes were too awesome. Oh, there you go. Then that's a win. How was your Thanksgiving, Anthony? How's grandma doing? So our Thanksgiving started off Thanksgiving morning. My grandmother fell and broke her hip. And she had to be rushed to the hospital where she needed hip surgery. Which, in your late 80s, not a good thing. Um, but she is now in rehab so all things considered she lucked out on that front but thanksgiving was very you know we didn't know if we were gonna have it because you know dad was at the hospital with my grandfather all day who was worse than my grandmother like you know just he was a wreck he won't leave her side which is very sweet he is like their relationship's one of those like when one goes, the other will go of a broken heart type thing. Yeah. They, they do everything together. Um, so we had Thanksgiving dinner later. Normally, we've talked about this. Normally, it's like an afternoon meal, but we started at like 5, 6 p.m., which is late for us. And then dad and uh, my grandfather came home around like 10 and heated up dinner. But it was, it was all right. It was good to see people. Grandma's yeah. okay. So... Yeah. Is she bionic now? Did they put like a metal hip in her? She is. Oh. So. Yeah. She got a new and hip. Now, upgrade. <laughs> and now she's, uh, you know, the hard rehab for a yep. few weeks. But hey, it could have been worse. A lot of people that age sadly don't come out of like hip surgery once they go down. Right. I'm so thankful very that. thankful. Yep. Hey, and then something the weekend, to be thankful for. Exactly. 
that was my experience with hip surgery. So I was really glad it went well for you, your family. Thank you. And then the weekend itself, me and Sarah watched an 8-Bit Christmas on HBO Max. We watched A Boy Called Christmas on Netflix. Uh, we watched all the episodes of The Shrink Next Door on Apple TV, which if you haven't seen that, have you seen it? Nope. That's with Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd and Catherine Hahn. It's like a drama. It's like based on a true crime podcast. Like it's, the story is bonkers. Like it's like a dramedy and Paul Rudd plays like the bad guy like the guy committing the crime it's like but it's really good i don't know how i feel about that i don't either like the story like you like true crime like you listen i forget what the podcast is called but you can find it with a quick google listen to it because the story is bonkers and then highly recommend the show and what was it called again the shrink next door it's basically like this guy, this therapist, like just takes over this guy's life completely, like becomes his like quote unquote friend, gets him to let him move into his house. And he basically acts like he owns a house and turns the guy into like his, you know, like his worker, essentially. It's insane. How did I miss this Wondery podcast? <laughs> I swear I'm but yes highly this. recommend and for people with more anthony taste also another show me and sarah binged over the weekend the sex lives of college girls on hbo max which is hilarious mindy kaling writes it but a little raunchy for julia and tom but Sounds like if you it. like mindy kaling if you like mindy kaling's humor um from the office or Never have I ever on Netflix. It's the same type of humor, just um, set in a more adult setting. So, okay, yes, very funny. You know what else was really funny, at least in my opinion? What the movie we are covering tonight? The brand new Netflix original holiday movie, Love Hard, which was released on November fifth, twenty twenty one. So, quick plot synopsis for y'all. After meeting her perfect match on a dating app, an L.A. writer learns she's been catfished when she flies 3,000 miles across the country to surprise him for Christmas. So, let's start, as we always do, with our histories and overall impressions of the film. Ladies first, Julia. Uh, Okay, so, saw the promos for this one on Netflix and maybe even TV. Did I dream that, that they were advertising this on real TV? Or am I confusing that they with were. Facebook? Okay. No, they were. They were. Yep. So they're pushing this one pretty hard. Um, I'm vaguely familiar with most of the faces, but like not enough to be super familiar with them. Um, it looked like a romantic comedy of sorts. Christmas set at Christmas. I'm totally in for that. Um, watched it today for the podcast, and I really like this movie. Multiple times I told Hannah, you need to watch this one. You definitely need to watch this one. So. Two thumbs up. How about you, Tom? Uh, I watched this one when it came out, not for the podcast, but because Christine and I needed some good show to binge together or just watch together. And uh, it fit the bill at the time. It was uh, rather, I, I thought it was interesting. I liked it. It made me laugh. It made me cry. It made me throw up a little in my mouth. I also watched it now for this podcast. I had seen a lot of promos for it. So me and Sarah watched it not long after it came out and we loved it. Sarah was very invested in it. And I've said before, she's not big into Christmas. She doesn't like a lot of the Christmas movies or stuff, but she was really invested in this one. She really liked it. So it's a win in my book, win in her book. And I'm excited to talk about it with y'all tonight. So like Tom mentioned on our show a few weeks ago, the title is taken by combining the titles of Love Actually and Die Hard, which somehow I missed when watching the movie. <laughs> but uh, it's very obvious now in retrospect because our heroine's favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. Yes, Jerry, it's a Christmas movie. And our hero's favorite Christmas movie is Love Actually. Mm-hmm. So. There's an entire Christmas movie made about this being a Christmas movie that has to, that's got to end this debate, right? You would hope so. Sorry, so, we didn't want to bring that up again for our some of our listeners across the pond. Let's go 54. 
Uh, we love you, Steven. Uh, so this movie was directed by Herman Jimenez. Very Spanish name, a Costa Rican film director, screenwriter, actor, and stand-up comedian. And in terms of stuff he's directed, uh, it's all like foreign language films for the most part. Uh, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce some of these titles. I'll say the English titles. Uh, Eyes Closed, The Return, About Us, Elsewhere, and Love Hard. So... Are you familiar with this director? I am not. That's a negative. Neither am I, but you know what? That's worked in my favor because now, like, I think highly of him because I like this movie. So (laughs) the music in this film was done by Mark Orton, and he has done a lot of different stuff. Man, this soundtrack is dang good. I don't know that I paid close attention to the score necessarily, but like song choices are great. It, yes, I agree with that. And it looks like score-wise, the biggest movie he did was The Good Girl back in 2002, starring Jennifer Aniston, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oof, Jake Gyllenhaal had a rough week. <laughs> you, you know, oh. Don't get me started. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go on that tangent because I know we have a lot of T Swift fans in the Facebook group and uh, and co-hosting the podcast with you. Yes, That's Tom fun. likes Taylor Swift quite much. Taylor Swift got me a daughter. I don't hate her. It's just if I was going to date her, I would make her sign some kind of confidentiality agreement at this point. Yeah, to know something uh, about you in the future. Yeah. Cannot be used for source material. Anyway. (laughs) Playing our heroine, Natalie Bauer, is Nina Dobrev. Now, our Canadian listeners will know her from Degrassi, The Next Generation. That's where she got her start. But she is probably best known for portraying Elena Gilbert on The Vampire Diaries on The CW. In addition, she's been in a few feature films, including The Perks of Being a Wallflower, Let's Be Cops, The Final Girls, Triple X, Return of Xander Cage, and Flatliners. Are you guys fans of Nina Dobrev, or were you before this film? She was in Flatliners? She was in Flatliners, yes. How old was she? They remade it. Didn't they remake Flatliners? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she was in the 2017 one. Yeah. Oh, I won't watch that. Okay. <laughs> I was not into Vampire Diaries, so no, I'm not necessarily a fan. She's good in this, though. I was into Vampire Diaries, so I was a fan. And whew, she is gorgeous, this girl. Were you I think she is. One actor versus other actor? Wasn't there like a whole thing? I didn't care. I'm, oh. si- I'm sick of supernatural, like. Uh, Love triangles. I didn't care. There you know she's always going to have something with the good guy and something with the bad guy. Team Edward or Team Jacob? I was Team Jacob because Edward was a stalker. That one I had a stake in. (laughs) (laughs) No, but to to use my term, since I don't use Julia's cutie McCute face term, I think Nina Dobrev is a hottie McToddy. She's very pretty. There were moments she, she looked a bit like um, <sighs> One Division. What's her name? Oh, Elizabeth Olsen? Yes, that's it. There were moments I can see I that. I was like, huh, do look a bit like her. I can see that. Tom, how about you? Were you a fan of Are you a fan of this actress prior to this movie? No. No. Okay. So play our male protagonist i won't even call him a hero because he's not uh joshlin is jimmy o yang who is a stand-up comedian actor and writer he is best known for starring in silicon valley yeah he is and love hard those are his two big two big credits but he was also in um crazy rich asians and he's done guest starring roles on things like two broke girls it's agents of shield it's always sunny in Philadelphia, a new girl, things like that. 
He played Genghis Khan in Drunk History in two episodes. <laughs> oh, really? Keeping with funny. the tradition of having cast members on Drunk History. Yes. I can dig it. Um, I yes, only knew him. Yes, I was a fan of him in Silicon <laughs> Valley. Yeah. Uh, I hear his stand-up is hilarious. I never watched it, but after watching this movie, I kind of want to because there's something about this guy I really like. Oh man, he's yes, got a he's really got a really, really like nice guy. delivery. He, it's a really nice delivery. Yeah, he's just yeah. lovable, and I like. I just immediately liked him. I like his face, and I like his clothes, and he's really good at what he does. I don't know. I just really liked him. He's just one of those characters where you can't even put your finger on it, but you're just like, I instantly like you. Playing Tag, who is the guy Josh used to catfish Natalie, is Darren Barnett. And I think it's you funny. mean the victim of identity theft. Yes, let's put it that. Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's funny, I mentioned Mindy Kaling's credits earlier when talking about the sex lives of college girls because I had no idea he starred in her Netflix show, Never Have I Ever. Hmm. Um, he is also had a lead role in American Pie Presents Girls Rules, which I guess is one of their 20 billion spinoffs after the original <laughs> uh, trilogy of movies. Other than that, he's just had a few... Yes, starring roles on TV. This is Us, Criminal Minds, SWAT, Agents of Shield. So, I was not familiar with this actor prior to the movie, but I thought he was okay. Uh, I found yeah, him to be fine. quite obnoxious. He reminded <laughs> me of Mutt from Rose Apothecary. Oh, oh Shit's Creek. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, think of it. yeah. He reminded me of Mutt. Okay, interesting. I could totally see that. Uh, playing <laughs> playing Owen Lynn, who is Josh's overachieving brother, is somebody we have Big covered fan. on the show before. Big fan. Is Harry Shum Jr. And we covered him when we talked about Glee a few years back. So yep. no need to get into him again. But I believe we were all fans of him. Love we him. are, and he played a dramatically different role in this. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Playing Bob Lynn, Josh's father, is James Saito, who I guarantee you, even if you don't know the name, you'll have seen him in a bunch of stuff because this guy has a very familiar face. Very, He's a, he's a big character actor. Uh, I love this guy. <laughs> I love this guy, too. Um, he was the original Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles back in the nineties. What? What? Yeah. It's amazing. He he played Doctor Chen in Eli Stone. He played Harry Kim in the Netflix film Always Be My Maybe. He played Kenji in Modern Love. And if I'm not mistaken, I thought he was in. Let me check. Fact check that. Yes, he played. Grandpa and Dash and Lily, which is a Christmas TV show we have yet to cover, but we should. Um, and he's been in a bunch of different, he's guest starred in a bunch of different shows like House of Cards, Marvel's Iron Fist, Law and Order, Sex and the City. He did voices on Gargoyles. So he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's a great um, dad. Yeah, I love this guy. I loved him in Dash and Lily and I loved him in this. Yeah. Playing mom, stepmom, Barblin, is Rebecca Stab. Uh, she's never really had many starring roles. She won Miss Nebraska USA back in 1980 and top placed top 12 in Miss USA 1980. Wow. Wow. She has starred, she has guest starred in shows such as Beverly Hills 90210, The Wonder Years, Seinfeld, Dharma and Greg, Columbo, NCIS, The Mentalist, and Desperate Housewives. I mean, her face she was is good. definitely familiar. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I thought she, I thought she was good for the most part. Like, she did yeah. her job, she did her she role. Did. Mm hmm. 
Playing Grandma June Lin, Josh's grandmother, is Althea K, who does not have a clickable Wikipedia link, so give me one moment while I click on her on IMDb. This woman is a national treasure. I want her to be my grandmother, please. She has not been in a lot. She's in a new TV movie this year, A Mrs. Miracle Christmas. She was in Motherland, Fort Salem. She was in the TV series Kung Fu. And she was in Henry and Gloria. So Henry and Gloria was a short back in 2013. Otherwise, all of her credits are from 2021. So she's not a big actress. or She's been busy. Yeah. But she was awesome. I loved her character. I did too. She's so sassy. I love her. She is. I mean, she definitely played a similar role that grandmas tend to play in Hallmark Christmas movies. For sure. A little, just a little spicier. And then a little more TVMA than uh, the old Hallmark tends to pull. And that's pretty much our main cast. Is there anyone else I missed we should mention? No. No. I think you covered it all. So this film was pitched as When Harry Met Sally Meets Roxanne. And that's how Netflix picked up the spec script in August 2019, which is interesting. Hmm. So let's dive right in. So our heroine, Natalie, she's a, she writes a column based up for a paper, for a website based in, out of LA. Um, It's a dating column and her gig, her whole spiel is, uh, she writes about her bad dating experiences that she she meets these guys via a dating app, which is, I am so thankful I found huh. Sarah prior to, you know, things like Tinder and Match and everything like that. Because this whole world and movies and TV shows nowadays looks so stressful. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> no, I never would have, I don't think, done any of that work. It's just so much work. It's so much work. No, I don't like the work. So so that's really what she's known for. And she has a very, she's this free-spirited girl, you know, she, she, woman who her boss Chip has fired her many times and she just keeps showing up for work. Like mm-hmm. she's just very, she's good at what she does, mm-hmm. uh, but she's lonely. She She's sick of the disaster states and wants to meet somebody you know, the one she wants to fall in love. Mm-hmm. So she expands her apps search radius and meets a guy named Josh Lynn who lives all the way across country in Lake Placid, New York, which is beautiful by the right way. The Adirondacks and everything. It's mm-hmm. an amazing area. Yes. Um, and they basically form a really strong connection. They talk about, they're always on the phone, always texting. They fall asleep together on the phone. Um, they have this running gag about Die Hard versus Love Actually. She hates Love Actually. He loves it. She loves Die Hard. He does not think it's a Christmas movie. Um, and after, what is it? It's like a few weeks. Yeah, two weeks, they say. It's two weeks. So it's two weeks. After two weeks of talking essentially nonstop, she goes to her boss, Chip, and says she wants to go out to Lake Placid and meet this guy and write a column about it. Right? Mm-hmm. And boss is like, ooh, here's a great opportunity to get another juicy story out of you. Right. Because nobody has faith in her ability to snag a good normal guy. Correct. Nobody. So... So what does well, she do? Yeah, and yeah. not only that, but we want to capitalize on her epic <laughs> yeah. suffering, right? Yeah, yeah, they yes. do. It's terrible. Which she is aware of, because this is how she made her career. She's essentially, okay. yes. So not only that, but she is flying out to Lake Placid to meet Josh without telling him that she's coming to stay for Christmas, that she's going to come stay with him for Christmas, which nice surprise, but also highly stressful. Yes. Yeah. So she flies 3000 miles to this small town. Could it be more different than LA? Um, 
<laughs> there's one Uber driver who oh was a gosh. classmate of Josh's <sighs> and, you know, <laughs> you know, used to get stoned with him, gives her like, <laughs> gives her a joint to give him. Um, he is also the only Lyft driver. <laughs> and he, he works is. at the airport. And, yeah, Which is, I mean, reminded me of that um, uh, home improvement episode where they get stuck at the airport and the one guy behind the desk is like all the guys. You remember where he flips Just keeps the sign changing his, ta- his sign yeah. in front. Yeah. That's right. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it, it was a very funny joke about small town life. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she goes to meet. He takes her to Josh's house, and she's surprised to learn that Josh lives with his family still. He doesn't live on his own. Mm -hmm. Red flag number one for her. But Mm -hmm. she doesn't help herself here, because while mom here is like, oh, let me get Josh for you. Who are you? You're just a friend? She's like, yes. Well, actually, something more more than a friend, really. And I'm thinking, like, whoa, presumptuous of you, lady. Yeah. But anyway... I'm here to hump your son. Oh my gosh. That's, that's not what she says. That's, that's essentially what she says. That's what she says with her eyes. <laughs> um, and we should know, like, they've been texting and talking this whole time, but she has only seen pictures of him. They haven't FaceTimed or Skyped or Zoomed or anything like that. Which I find so, very unrealistic, by the way. But, I mean, this movie has its fair share of unrealistic right. That is unrealistic. I met Sarah online back in like the before 2010 and we were Skyping. Yeah. So I knew she was real. Yeah. Anyway. So, but, so we, we know where this is going. It's been in all the commercials for the movie. She's been catfished, but it makes it no less funny when Josh comes out of the basement and is so surprised (laughs) to see her. And he is. Not this good-looking hunk that she thought she would be meeting. He is a dorky-looking Asian gentleman. He's, he's a geek. Yeah. He's a geek. Yeah. He just looks normal to me. I mean, like, he's... Oh, he, he is normal, but he... the It's the whole movie thing, right? Where you put a pair of glasses on someone, they're supposed to be a geek, right? Or a dork. Right. He, the idea <laughs> is he's not the yes, person yes. in the picture she's been... Right, and he, right, and like, yeah, before people think I'm like saying he's a geek, like that's what the movie is implying. He says later on he has no confidence in himself, which is why he pulled the whole catfish thing. Right. Um, So she gets really upset and leaves, and Josh goes after her, and, you know, he explains, like, hey, uh, Tag, he's somebody I went to school with. He lives in the same town. He's real. So if you pretend to be my girlfriend for the holidays with my family, I will introduce you to Tag and, you know, help set something up with you guys. Mm-hmm. So she says, deal. We're so in Hallmark territory. That's it. It's a very Hallmark-type plot. Yeah. Uh, just with a bigger budget and... More curse words. More risque. Yeah. Um, so, Julia, where do we go from here? So, she decides to go along with it. Kind of inexplicably, but suspend reality for this enjoyable movie watching experience. So, she starts to learn more things about... What's his name? Josh or Tag? Josh, Josh or is tag. the catfish. Tag is tag. the real guy. Yes. Right. So she starts learning more things about Tag as she goes to work with Josh. Uh, Josh works at an outdoor store. Kind of funny to me that in the description, his description of himself online, it talked about how he goes outdoors every day or whatever it was. Well, the name of the store is Outdoors. <laughs> his dad runs the store. Made me laugh. Um, <laughs> so he's starting to tell her about Tag and you immediately understand that there is a right guy for her and there is a wrong guy for her. And like, hello, obviously Tag is not the right guy for her, but she's got to figure this out on her own. And we know this is not the right guy for her, not just because that's what the plot is already telling us we have to know, but because they don't have any common interests. He really likes Thoreau. Well, she hates Thoreau. 
Well, before we even get into that, doesn't she... How does she try to woo him that first night at the bar? Oh, She tries to seduce him (laughs) while her face is swelling from an allergic reaction. Which she doesn't realize. Which... Not sexy. Which was quite funny, and it got me. Like, when she spun around and her face was, like, five times the size it was, like, two seconds ago. Like, it made me, like, whoa. (laughs) Well, and Tag was like, be nice, guys. Be nice, or something like that. (laughs) She was really jamming to some meatloaf, though. I'll give her credit for that. She's got a set of pipes, which is nice. Nothing Um, is sexy like meatloaf. Yeah, that does. And the food. That does. That doesn't uh, end up have not you, so great. Have you seen Rocky Horror Picture Show? Oh, he used I have. to be like <laughs> fun back in the day. That was how many years ago now? <laughs> <laughs> so then they come to the agreement that he will help her hook Tag. So as she starts to learn more and more about Tag, she realizes more and more they don't have a lot in common. Like Tag likes to do mountain climbing or rock climbing. And she's like, not so much with the heights, not a big fan. Um, he's a meat eater. She's a vegetarian. Uh, he likes Thoreau. She hates Thoreau. And so basically she's. Well, it's not just that he's a meat eater. His family owns like a big, like the big steakhouse, right? Yeah. And he like hunts and it's like totally as far as like her morals and, and her stand on stuff is opposite from him with respect to that. And at first, um, I just, all I can think of is his real human name and not the character name. Josh. Crap on a Josh. Okay. At first, Josh is like, okay, you got to learn how to mountain climb. So guess what? He helps her sort of conquer her fear, helps her learn how to climb a little bit. Um, when she actually does the climbing with Tag nearby, he totally gets in her head and he's like, look, here, I know you. Put your favorite song on, put your AirPods in, and you can do this. And she does it. He even helps get her down off the top of the mountain. So, like, you're seeing this. By, right by, by shoving her? Guy. Well, but he prepares her for it. It's so sweet. I mean, it's so, so sweet. The, this I love Josh's character so much. Um, so at the same time, he's trying to help her out. We're seeing how he's the right one for her. Um, They also go bobsledding, which she's terrified to do. And who's the first person she calls? Josh. Um, And he kind of helps her through it. Sort of. That's Chekhov's joint, right? The guy, the Uber driver. The joint. Yeah, so she totally gets high and is able to bobsled, which leads us to another very sweet scene with her and Josh where they're in the basement and he's starts to open up to her about this candle making business that he's had, which he mentions briefly in a scene prior, but this is the one where he really gets into it. She starts to smell some of his candles and realizes they're really good. Um, one of them in particular smells like his granddad. And in a previous scene, and I would buy it in a heartbeat. I would too. I would too. So it's like candles marketed to men or, not necessarily just marketed to men, but candles that aren't your your typical flowery smelling candles. There's one that smells like fresh cut grass, one that smells like Jiffy Lube. Um, so like neat things. So he's got this total side hustle thing he's passionate about, but she kind of tells him, she's like, if you're passionate about it, then be passionate about it. You know, like make it a business, do a thing. So she's encouraging him as well. And this, she also start, comes to feel sorry about him, right? When his brother shows up with his yes. girlfriend or fiance. He is insufferable. Yeah. It's classic, like, overachiever. He's like the golden child, whereas Josh is the black sheep of the family. Right. And so we're understanding more and more why he catfished her to begin with, because he's just not confident as himself to be able to do that. And so she's bringing him out of his shell at the same time. He's coming out of his shell because of the stuff that she's encouraging him to do. And it's a tit for tat relationship, like in a good way, but not as good as it should be because they should be together, but she's still hooked on tag sort of Tom, you want to pick it up from there? Uh, so this is when she starts, she's kind of dating tag, messing around with tag a little bit. And 
she and I, I'm a little fuzzy on the details of exactly what happens next, but she and Josh are, are continuing this charade that they are together for his family. And they end up taking it a level up because she tells, she tells him basically, you've got to stop letting your brother show you up all the time. You need to do something big, like make your, make your parents see you. Um, his brother announces that his wife with him is pregnant, right? While they're all yep. family caroling. Yep. And so he decides to propose marriage in front of his family. After a very cute scene where he gets her to carol, baby, it's cold outside with him. Right. Um, to much to her annoyance because she hates that song. But it turns out he, he he's like, trust version. me. And he, he did the new uh, PC. It was so uh, good. Version. The scene was lovely. I love the scene. I hate that funny. version of the song. I love the original version. Sorry. <laughs> but. So he gets down on one knee, proposes. She, of course, says yes because of the situation. She's horrified. Up, she's, I mean, it's awful. She is not happy. Mm-mm. But she says yes, and she ends up getting his grandmother's wedding ring. <gasps> because, yeah, because sweet little grandma's like, here, take mine. I don't need to be buried with it. didn't have a ring. Oh, and so their next interaction is somewhat less than favorable. Mm-hmm. She is livid. And he's, I'm sorry, well, you know, she's like, there's no way to get out of this without me being the bad guy. Like, when I go home and I keep in this relationship, I'm your parents are going to think I'm the I'm the bad person here. You may be the bad guy. Um, but she ends up, they end up, uh, his family ends up throwing her a surprise engagement party for them, right? And That's when the walls she, come crumbling down. She had been on a date with Tag and had made out with Tag in the car. And, and well, yeah, and this is Tag's family's steakhouse. And now they're going so to a party steakhouse. And so everything that, collapses here. Everything. Everything. Her boss shows up. Brother finds out, like, you've been making out with Tag. Somebody else shows up, too. Who is Tag's, Tag's there. there, brother's there, boss is there. Well, I mean, Tag's parents are there. Right. <clears throat> Stoner Josh's boy is there. there. Yeah. The whole dang so, town came out. So she ends up telling everybody exactly what happened. And she... And, and well, because Chip ends up telling Owen all about her dating column... Which he's not doing it in a malicious way. He just doesn't know that this lie got spun out of control so bad. Right. And Owen tells Josh, Natalie is just here for her next story. Which Josh believes. Right. But she realizes after this that she made a huge mistake. That she realizes, hey, wait, I love Josh. Josh is the guy I was looking for. Well, because... Well, so let's take it back for a minute. Before the engagement party, she's touched because Grandma takes Josh and her to the nursing home to teach these elderly people how to date online. And Josh gives this really heartfelt speech about, about like catfishing and how... It starts off innocently enough, but there's always somebody on the other end who's going to get hurt. And as he's giving this speech, it's kind of like, you know, she's in the back. You're watching her expression, and she's kind of touched. This is his way of apologizing to her, almost. Oh, definitely. Um, So this is the start of her turn towards towards (laughs) Josh. But after everything comes out at the engagement party, um, and she leaves... Uh, Josh comes out to his dad about the candle making business. He wants to quit the store and uh, his dad is happy about it. But what really she realizes. Oh, that was, that was amazing. When you see his dad being supportive, he's been so afraid that his parents didn't support him. Right. But as soon as his dad learns about the candle being like his grandfather, he is all in. Oh, I was tears. I love that scene. And we, we skipped the scene where we're introduced to grandfather 
we're not literally introduced to him, but where the dad talks about his dad and how much his dad loved Christmas and how much he misses him and all that stuff. And that was a really touching scene too. Yeah. No, it's, it's great. And then after like, we find out that between his father's acceptance of him and then just how Natalie has helped him grow. Josh, goes on a dating app and highlights the real him. And this is when Natalie, you know, she's scrolling through waiting her for a flight and she's happy to see that he's being himself now. And she, as she's looking at it, she realizes I've made a big mistake. I actually am in love with this guy. Mm-hmm. And then we get the very cute love actually love climax actually of the movie because she doesn't like this movie, but she knows he loves it. So she shows up at the house <laughs> Um, with the cardboard, with the cardboard, and uh, when he answers the door, she's like, "Tell him it's Mormons," because there's this whole running <laughs> gag. His parents hate the Mormons coming to the house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and then it's essentially the love actually scene. She's in love with him, mm-hmm. and will you? She was sorry, and will you give me a chance? Mm-hmm. And yes or no? Yeah, she has him come over and what does he write on the board what does he who called it all of us right did you know he's gonna oh she he writes a die hard line yeah yeah yippee kayak other buckets but not (laughs) and uh the two of them kiss in the beautiful snowy scenic lake placid with the family's house lit up and colored lights in the background while the family watches happy and even brother's yeah, happy. Sorry. It made me happy. It's like there's been family a- restoration for him too. It's not just the them story. It's a family story also. Right. And the end. And like going through this plot is very Hallmark, but yeah. it's like, it's like a notch above Hallmark in terms of well, the writing and the production. Yeah, value. exactly. And yeah. the, and it's got more edge to it, right? It's mm-hmm. not so saccharine. Right. It's got Correct. grit. The the scenes that are hard to watch are hard to watch because of the emotions. Hmm. And I don't know, there's something about being able to use less than TV, G, whatever language that helps. Yeah. Yes. It totally does. And it, <laughs> it was so smart having like... I loved the way the movie started out with them talking about Die Hard and Love Actually and it ends with them talking about using love actually and die hard to profess their love for one another. That was adorable. And I think the thing I like about this movie compared to Hallmark movies of similar nature is Josh and Natalie really do help one another grow and evolve. They really Mm -hmm. change. Like a lot of these Hallmark actresses and actors, these characters don't really change. Their situations change, but they don't really develop a lot as people. Yeah, exactly. And the two of them did yeah, a lot within this two hour movie and you know, they helped them get there. And I love love stories like that, where it starts off like, I don't want to say as friends cause they weren't friends at first, but like, you really think like, like, one of the, like I always think back during when the office was on the air, Jenna Fish before Jim and Pam even got together. These are like the early days. Jenna Fisher said in an interview once that sometimes the best love stories are like, platonic ones between friends Mm -hmm. like and that's true and like this could have been like the way they were helping one another yes i'm glad it turned into a romantic love story i'm glad they got together in the end but i love the friendship angle of this where they were helping each other grow and evolve and try to achieve their goals Mm -hmm. instead of love at first sight yeah me too yeah and this movie was just gorgeous. Yeah, the it snow was. and the lights and everything. Like this thing screamed Christmas to me. It did. It was so Christmassy. It was wonderful. The atmosphere was great. Their house is just like inside too. Like so pretty. Craftsman style. Oh my goodness. And we were talking about this off mic before we started recording, but it's very important for us to mention it on mic. It was nice seeing representation in this. Yes. Story. Yes. It really was. That was the biggest difference between it and a Hallmark movie. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Let's get more non-white people in movies like this, please. 
Yeah, absolutely. I loved it. I loved it. Did it did it have a Linus moment? Heck yeah, obviously. it did. Well, and it's obviously a Christmas movie, right? I don't think there's any debating that. Absolutely a Christmas movie. So if we were going to rank it on a scale of one to ten, what would we give it, y'all? Six point five. Seven point five. I'm gonna give it an eight, which gives us a seven point three three. It's a winner. It's a winner. That puts it at number 29 on our list, tied with Die Hard. Hi. Oh, that's so funny. How you like them apples? That yeah. is so funny. Um, I love that. I love that. I love this movie. I really recommend this movie. And mm-hmm. let me tell you something. Netflix is putting out a lot of Christmas movies every year now. I mean, they're not at the 45 to 50 Hallmark does every year, but the ones they do put out are well, I don't want to say they're all. They're becoming quality. They're not all Christmas Prince quality. They're not a Hallmark movie. All Hallmark movie quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they're stepping up their game. So I'm excited to see what, the, what else Netflix has in store for us in the future. Mm-hmm. You and Let's me both. That way. I'm stoked. I'm stoked, too. And I'm also stoked because... It's funny, next next week we're traveling to the land of Hallmark, and the week after that we're going back to streaming service again with an HBO Max original, so we're covering all the different channels here. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, where can listeners let us know what they thought of this film? Um, I think they all know by now, but if not, we are on all of the socials at tisthepodcast.com slash whatever socials you want. Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter... Yes, and where can they get bonus content? <laughs> bonus content, you can just go to tisthepodcast.com backslash Patreon. And for as little as a dollar a month, it gets you access to everything in the Patreon vault. Which Anthony has been doing an exceptionally great job of cultivating and maintaining and adding to. Um, in there is everything Christmas, non-Christmas, um, lots of geekery. Not excluding things like The Office. Lots of Marvel stuff is in there. DC stuff is in there. Chats with friends. Friends that happen to be podcast hosts for their own podcasts. As well as just some of our favorite listeners that have been around since the beginning. Um, Whole bunch of stuff. So if that's up your alley and you want to help support the podcast in a monetary fashion, um, check out Patreon. There's some good stuff. And there's different levels of giving and different goodies you get. Um, Those are all outlined on there. You can take a look at it. There may be a no promises trying to figure out if I can squeeze it in prior to the movie being released, but there may be a Spider-Man retrospective on there talking about the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield films prior for no particular reason prior to Spider-Man No Way Home being released. So keep your eyes out because it might be there. So that's awesome. Uh, And if you want bonus 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 content bonus 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 content in your main feeds every thursday i wrote a christmas book and every week every thursday every i've been releasing a chapter in audio form read by me or tom or julia or another christmas podcast host or one of our listeners and friends and yeah it's coming to an end now it ends on december 23rd this past week you'll have heard me read me the read the climax of the book um, so now it's in the downward slope for the next few weeks. Tom and will be reading this upcoming week's chapter and Julia has a chapter coming up soon too. I so I think that's get, my cue get. to start listening. I think it's your cue. I, I think, think it's, it's time. Cue. It's time to start. It's December. <laughs> for those of you that have been so waiting tra- to binge it because you're tel- terrible waiters. <laughs> now is the time. Go back through all of our episodes and just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, check it out. I've been getting a lot of positive feedback in our Facebook group, so I think, you know, y'all might like it. So Maybe next week we'll like what we're talking about on the main show as well. Next week we're covering The Nine Kittens of Christmas, which is a sequel to The Nine Lives of Christmas, which we covered two years ago. It's a Hallmark movie, and we are being joined by the always- hilarious 
Tim Babb of Can't Wait for Christmas, who is really excited to talk this movie. He <laughs> he was on top of this one when they first announced it. So I'm excited to have him back on the show. It's been way too long. And the week after that, we have another totally, uh, totally rad. We have <laughs> another totally Christmas movie. rad guest host. I was about to say, we have another Tis the Podcast all-star, the totally rad host of Totally Rad Christmas, Jerry D, who's coming on to talk 8-Bit Christmas, which is essentially a Christmas story set in the 80s. And uh, as I pointed out to Jerry, we are officially as far from the 80s as the 80s were from Stop the 40s oh my when God. they did a Christmas story. <laughs> so the time was right for another one. So, to make me feel old. But, you know, I don't want to make you guys feel old because it makes <laughs> me feel old. <laughs> so selfless of you. But we're only getting older because we are only 480 hours until Christmas. That's only 19 days. Two weeks. That's crazy. Two weeks. That is insane. That is not near enough time. Are y'all all, are y'all done with your Christmas shopping? Yes. No. Yes, me too. So thankfully. Did you say yes or no, Tom? No. Oh. Have you started? Better get on that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well we oh, okay. we adopted a family, so we got a and we got a big Aww. family. So we're doing all the, so their shopping, which is so much fun. So fun. That's so fun. That's awesome. Bye. I really can't stay. No problem. There's the door. I've got to go away. I hear you say no more. This evening has been totally consensual. So very nice. I hope you get home safe tonight. My mother will start to worry. Here's my phone, give her a call. My father will be pacing the floor. Adios, say no more. So really, I'd better scurry. I've been saying that for a while. Well, maybe just a half a drink more. Slow down, that's quite a pour. The neighbors might think. It's just my old friend Troy. Say, what's in this drink? It's just lemon LaCroix. <laughs> I wish I knew how. To take a hint. To break the spell. Do you know how to spell farewell? I'll to say no, no, I'll no. I'll call you when over there close. At least I'm gonna say that I tried. I feel like you're not trying at all. I really can't stay. Well, maybe just go out. Cause baby, maybe just go outside. <laughs>